Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Joe and Amber podcast. The bad press surrounding Russell Wilson just won't stop, nor will the rumors. And it doesn't feel like it's going to stop anytime soon, Joe, because unless Russell Wilson starts doing a whole lot of winning in Denver under Sean Payton, for whatever reason, there has been, it almost feels like a smear campaign to me of Russell Wilson because of all the just negativity where now it's just like a rolling ball that can't be stopped of negativity. This latest report, though, is an interesting one because now we're hearing that Russell Wilson tried to get general manager John Schneider and head coach Pete Carroll fired during his time in Seattle. That sounds crazy to a lot of people because we're talking about a general manager and a head coach who have had a lot of success. And you wouldn't think getting either of those guys fired would be easy, even if you're the quarterback of the caliber that that Russell Wilson once was. So I'm trying to figure out, has Russ always kind of been like this and we're just now finding out or did something change along the way like it had to be it has to be one of those two right i don't know or is this just is it like over are we like over inflating it at this point i i don't know i mean it's just it's so much it's so bizarre and i agree with what you said earlier in the show where I mean, this was a guy at one point who seemed like he kind of did everything right. Like, there was always some people who cracked on Russell Wilson because he was very square and, you know, he like he wasn't always, like, seemed yeah, like, the, like, like a Yeah, kind of like a dork, cool some people Like, thought. he was kind of dorky, right? So right. some people would say that, you know, about him. And then I think there's some jealousy there because of, you know, who he got as his wife as well. And so there was a lot of guys that would crack on him from that perspective. There was always some semblance of that. But not like now, where we're actually hearing all these things that paint... Russell Wilson in this truly negative light, not just like a, oh, we're poking fun of you because like you're a little dork or we're jealous of your life kind of light, but like truly a negative light. You know, the, the, the report that he tried to get the general manager, John Schneider and the head coach Pete Carroll fired, it, you know, it, that's a bold headline. It's, it's possible that maybe he's there. Maybe he's in a meeting with ownership and maybe he talks about or he's asked about how do we improve things? You know, th- this is a team that had a lot of success, this franchise. They had a great run, back-to-back Super Bowls, 1-1. They were in the playoffs every year. They had this elite defense. They were fantastic. And then it started to slip, as it does with every great football team. Eventually, it comes to an end. And I'd, I could see a scenario where he's meeting with ownership. They're asking him his thoughts. And maybe he's saying something more mundane along the lines of, you know, we need a change. We need a change in leadership. That would be the move. It's not necessarily barging in, kicking down the door and saying, you have got to fire these two guys right now, which is kind of how this is being portrayed. It could have come out in that conversation and then that could leak. And now all of a sudden, this is what we're discussing. I can kind of see it. It doesn't make it right. It doesn't mean I agree with it, but I could kind of see something like that happening. If you're being asked, how can we change 
our fortune. We're not doing very well. If you're the franchise quarterback and ownership's asking you what you think, I could see how maybe that comes out. And maybe you assume you're having this conversation in private. You know, things come to an end. Andy Reid is going to go down as one of the greatest coaches of all time. People forgot it went really south at the end in Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. Like, there were some really bad years there at the end uh, that kind of overshadowed everything he had done prior to that. So... I can see it, but again, this domino effect of all these things that have happened with regarding Russ over the last year to year and a half, I mean, I've never seen a brand plummet like this outside of an off-the-field crime being committed. I, I guess I feel like a lot of it is sort of much ado about nothing because I, I, I feel like we forget what where Russell Wilson was in terms of the quarterback spectrum during his time in Seattle. Like we're, I think we're almost attributing his time in Denver to some of these things that we heard were demands from Russell Wilson in the past. Russell Wilson has his own office. Okay. People are making this huge deal out of that. Like that, that's so horrendous that he has an office inside the facility. And I'm thinking, I don't know. Is it so horrendous that, you know, a future Hall of Fame quarterback who's won a Super Bowl for you and has been on your team for a decade has an office? Like, is it like, would it be like that jarring if Patrick Mahomes had an office or if Tom Brady had an office? Patrick Mahomes playing only half the time so far that essentially that Russ played in Seattle. So I, I feel like some of the, the parking space, like, would it be crazy? if we heard Patrick Mahomes had extra parking spaces. I feel like, you know what, Kansas City, give Patrick Mahomes any darn thing he wants. Like, let's give go. Give him the whole parking you lot. You know? Yeah, the, give the him the whole parking thing. lot. If he wants you to build a parking lot, build that parking lot too. The office <laughs> thing isn't Russell a problem. Was, essentially. I mean, it was never as good as Patrick Mahomes, but you know what I mean. The office thing isn't a problem. I mean, it just means you want to spend more time at the facility. I can't imagine that being a problem. I More than one parking spot's a problem. I don't. What, what do you need... How many cars are you capable of? It's You're Russell Wilson. You're rich AF. I don't know how that works. I would well, imagine no. you have multiple cars. Well, explain it to me though. How, how, why would, why would, how many cars does he drive to work? Maybe he drives one there and then he wants to drive a different one home. Is that how the rich, rich operate? I don't know. See, now that, that is the type of thing right there that's going to offend other people. Why are you going to treat the facility, a, a place because of work? I'm Russell Wilson. Why are you going to treat it like it's your own personal garage? Like, what gives Would you that right? Would it be offensive if Patrick Mahomes wanted to drive a Ferrari to the facility and a Lamborghini home? Is that offending everybody, or is he Patrick Mahomes? I wouldn't say it's going to offend everybody, but it's it's just bizarre. It's a place of work. Why do you need to store your car? Who stores their cars at work? I have, Take me way, through that. I have no idea if that's why. But I that's mean, what I'm you're just, pitching. That's what you're I'm pitching. Just, so I need what? you to explain to me why Patrick Mahomes or Russell Wilson would be storing their cars at their work facility. I mean, it does seem like a bad idea because I wouldn't imagine there's garages either at these facilities. So it seems like you should probably Right, it's outdoors. Store, Who's right, going like to store a Lamborghini store outdoors your, in Kansas City in December? Well, right, probably not and Seattle certainly isn't known for its lovely weather either frankly so I don't know if that's what was happening with Russell Wilson I'm just trying to come up with explanations I just feel like if Russell Wilson asks for parking spaces it doesn't matter like when you're a certain caliber of quarterback I don't really know why we're piling on the guy who was successful for that franchise during that time I think what we're doing is attributing Denver Russell Wilson to these stories and so then it looks insane because Denver Russell Wilson this past season was legitimately statistically one of the worst quarterbacks in the entire league so then we're saying yes like the 30th quarterback in the league is asking for extra parking spaces and an office and it looks crazy or that dude is trying to get coaches and GMs fired 
if things go really south in Kansas City one day, and there's a huge lull of not winning, and Andy Reid is seven, almost set, pushing 70, and Patrick Mahomes walks into a, an office and, to, of the owner and says, you know, meets with the owner and says, well, you know, we, we probably could use a change in leadership. You know, would that be Patrick Mahomes just totally overstepping his boundaries? I don't know. I feel like that there's certain quarterbacks, and, I, and again, Russell Wilson is not as good as Patrick Mahomes, but he still was considered one of the best quarterbacks in the league at one point, and I feel like that top tier of quarterbacks should command a lot of power, frankly. You don't have if, to if, listen to them if you're an owner. He didn't listen to Russell Wilson. If you're the franchise guy and ownership comes to you and asks that question and you give an honest assessment, I don't see how you can be blamed for it. I'm not saying that's what happened in the Seattle instance with Russ because I don't know if that's the case. But I could see how that could be the case. And then to your point, it's much to do about nothing. Um, I also think it's worth pointing out that there are several players on the Denver offense that came out and stood up for Russell Wilson this year that said he was taking a lot of heat. Uh, that probably was unfair. I think Jerry Judy, the wide receiver, was one of them to say that. So I think that should probably be brought out as well. It could be chalked up as a bad year, and then it could all end up on Nathaniel Hackett's plate. It could just be blamed on Hackett if he comes back and plays well this season. But if he struggles again, you know, people are going to ask questions. The fact that he got that much money from the Denver Broncos, I don't know. I don't know if he's packed it in. I don't know if his head is somewhere else. I don't know if his focus is somewhere else. But Sean Payton probably takes that job while talking, I'd have to imagine he talked to Russell Wilson. I have to imagine he had a conversation with Russell Wilson before committing to that job. Because if you didn't, and you don't know what you're getting yourself into, I mean, woo boy. Like, that's not the way to start off a tenure with a new franchise. I genuinely wonder if Russell Wilson wasn't married to Sierra if some of this smoke wouldn't exist also. Like, I feel like people like to hate on Russell Wilson because he's married to one of the most beautiful women in the world and a very famous singer. People are always going to hate on that situation. Haters are going to hate. If you don't have haters, you ain't doing it right. That's what they say. You've seen the player haters ball. You go walking into the player haters ball and that's your wife. You're going to get hate on for that. That's that's just living. I mean, every man, every man should frankly want that, right? <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day. Yeah, he's doing well. I don't see any reason. doing something right. Uh, there's absolutely no reason I could find myself mocking him because of what he's done in that department. I mean, <laughs> in that department, in that department, he's still the top in the league, right? ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. At Progressive, they're making things even easier. They'll help you bundle your home and car insurance together so you can save on both. Learn more at Progressive.com or at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE. Coming up next... What headlines are a big deal and which ones are not a big deal? Joe and Amber's on ESPN Radio. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at Shopify.com/network. All lowercase. Go to Shopify.com/network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify.com/network. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. 
And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. We're going to do some big deal, not a big deal, and go through some headlines around the world of sports in just a moment. But first, Joe's going to try to make you some more cash. Let's get to it. Pizza money alert. Pizza, pizza. UFC fight night, the Apex, Las Vegas, Nevada, right here. Your boy will be cage side. This is tomorrow, late afternoon, early evening, depending on where you live. It's not your standard late start. Main event, Nikita Krilov. Inside the distance is the wager over Ryan Spann. So we're betting that Krilov wins this fight. In any way, shape, or form outside of a decision. It could be a knockout. It could be a submission. Anything other than a decision, the price is minus 125. Span has big-time knockout power. So the key to this fight for Krilov is to get through the first round or at least the early stages of this five-round fight without getting dropped because Span's biggest problem is his cardio. He doesn't have a lot of gas in the tank to stretch it all the way to five rounds. So if we can withstand the early onslaught, then the better fighter can take control, possibly looking for a submission against a tired fighter. Nikita Krilov is the more complete fighter. 12 of his last 14 wins have come by stoppage, and that's what we're predicting here. UFC fight night, Saturday night. Nikita Krilov inside the distance, minus 125 over Ryan Span. They said it, but what did they really mean? What are you trying to say to us? Sound on, sound off with Joe and Amber. Harry Black, our fill-in producer tonight, filling in for James Steele, who is sick, is helping us out with this segment. Hello again, Harry. Hello once again. Uh, first one we got up on Big Deal or Not a Big Deal, Matt Nagy gets his second stint as the Chiefs offensive coordinator. The first one was before he left to become the head coach of the Chicago Bears. Amber, go ahead. Uh, I I would say that it's a big deal because it's the Kansas City Chiefs, right? And it's a big deal because it's the Kansas City Chiefs offense. 
it would not be a big deal because he, it's still Patrick Mahomes and it's still Andy Reid at the end of the day. But anybody on that staff is going to be a big deal because this is the team that sets the standard across the entire NFL. Uh, you know, Nagy, I think it's a good hire that you stay within your organization. He was an offensive assistant and quarterbacks coach this past season there. Obviously, he's been with the organization before in the same exact role. What was the difference back then? Not quite as successful, not quite as successful. Alex Smith was the starting quarterback back then, though, not Patrick Mahomes. We know what happened there with the Chicago Bears. I don't care about his head coaching tenure. I just think that the familiarity there with Nagy for Andy Reid, it makes all the sense to have stayed within the organization and to bring him back up to OC. Not a big deal at all. As long as you have 15 at quarterback and Andy Reid is the head coach who calls the plays, by the way, it doesn't matter all that much who the offensive coordinator is. Now, I know some people will get all up in arms about that. Whoa, you're disrespecting Eric Bieniemy. It's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying you could put a poodle in there as offensive coordinator. I'm just saying if you put a competent offensive mind in there, that person is going to be surrounded with the best quarterback in the game and one of the best head coaches to ever do it. So they're going to be in a position to succeed. It also happens to turn out to be a guy who used to be a head coach of the Chicago Bears and has been in this system before. Not a big deal. This will not cause any issues. The ship will keep on sailing. All right. Next up, Bronny James projected to be selected 10th overall by the Orlando Magic in Jonathan Givoni's 2024 NBA mock draft. Joe, is this a big deal or not a big deal? I mean, the mock draft itself, not a big deal, but the idea of seeing LeBron James's son in the NBA while he's playing, I think that's going to be pretty awesome. Landing with Orlando, I don't know. It doesn't really feel like there's going to be a scenario where Bronny comes out and isn't somehow playing with his dad. Like, behind the scenes, that's all going to kind of get itself worked up. So, in terms of a big deal to see LeBron James's son playing in the NBA, that's awesome. That's going to be a big deal. In terms of it being a mock draft, 10 overall to the Magic, I don't think that's much of a big deal at all. I don't think any of this is a big deal. We're still 16 months away from this draft. Uh, there's so many moving parts that can happen. And it's this not even the, the next draft. I, it's not even the next draft. It's the draft after that uh, that we're talking about. <laughs> and what we're talking about is evaluating high school players, which is what this is when making these draft picks. It's an impossible task right now. You have no idea where these guys are going to fall. I would say the only big deal component of this is that a year ago we were having conversations about Bronny James not even being a top 50 player. And now in mock drafts, he's going so high that you could see now not only he actually will get drafted, but also you could see a world in which there's some sort of scenario where maybe him and his father can play together. I still think there's a lot of moving parts there. I think a lot of LeBron saying it over and over again is frankly helping Bronny's drafts I think that might be largely the point. I'm not saying he doesn't want to play with his son, but that's why he keeps driving the point home this far out from the draft. Let's be real. It's really hard to evaluate these guys. What's interesting, though, Jonathan Giovanni, when he has an article on the dot com talking about this mock, and he says basically that like this is a really bad draft. That we're evaluating, like that's kind of why Bronny's so high on this draft. To be honest with you, when you really read about it, is because this is a really bad draft, at least right now. Again, we're talking about high school seniors. There's 14 high school seniors currently projected as one and done prospects in 2024. That would be a far cry from say 2022 that had 22 one and done freshmen selected. 20 in 2021 there was 21 run and done freshmen selected to only have 14 high schoolers that are even being considered for that shows you how bad that class is right now. 
But again, we're 16 months away from it. It's not a big deal. All right, we have one more sports one, but we're not going to go there first because we have to get this one in. Cocaine Bear is in theaters. Big deal, not a big deal. Amber? Not a big deal. I mean, this is not a big deal at all. I, I don't, I actually, like, I'm sad for the bear. I'm a little sad because this bear, you know, somebody drops millions of dollars of cocaine in this 175-pound black bear, and this is a true story, quite literally ingests millions of dollars of cocaine and you can imagine how well that didn't go for the bear at the end i feel like i already know the story i'm good to go i don't need to watch the movie about it joe number one spoilers number two uh i hard to feel bad for what else is cocaine bear about hard to hard to feel bad for a bear who's just given all this cocaine for free millions of dollars of free cocaine if that bear knew how to move weight that bear would be in a very advantageous situation should he be able to pull that off before the authorities or the people looking for that cocaine get after him i don't know much about the movie outside of obviously the title i have a friend who went to see it today he sent me a text he said the movie's awesome i don't know what to make of that but he said it's awesome, so I figure I'll pass There's that no along. No chance it's awesome. Your friend is lying. This is a ridiculous. <sighs> well, he might not be. He's not lying. He just might movie. not have good taste. Can you put one in more in there very quickly, Harry? Uh, I first just have to say that you know, for a couple of minutes, that bear was having the time of his life. Uh, the Padres, oh, yes. Manny Machado, commits first pitch clock violation in new spring ball rule. Joe, big deal, not a big deal? Not a big deal. I don't know what baseball is doing. Baseball is not meant to be a fast sport. It's supposed to be leisure. Leisurely. Stop trying to speed the game up so you can save three minutes. Nobody cares. No, do not listen to Joe. Please speed that sport up. Do anything you can, whether it's three minutes, 30 minutes, or three hours. Please do whatever you can to speed that sport up for the love of goodness. This at least heads us this direction. I like this very, very much. Let's get batters involved and in getting up there faster and pitchers involved in getting that ball out of their hands faster. More Joe and Amber coming up here on ESPN Radio. You can also always check out ESPN Radio on the ESPN app. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And... Boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Oh, Kevin Winter, we're here, my friend. We are here. I was. We are here. Little technical difficulties there, Kevin. I was. 
It's just one of those, I can't get enough of the sultry sounds of Kevin Winter. I was like, let's just stay quiet. Let's let him keep going. Let's see if he can talk himself completely out of words. (laughs) Yeah, we were actually just going to let you do our show for us. Uh, But we'll take it over from here, Kevin. So thanks so much, Joe and Amber on ESPN Radio. Joe Fortma, Amber Wilson. On Sunday, Jake Paul and Tommy Fury are finally going to step into the ring. They're finally going to face off against each other, Joe, a fight that has been attempted now numerous times. I think this is the third attempt here. We're going to get it done on Sunday between these two. It's been branded as the truth by promoters, and it will be Sunday afternoon, 2 p.m. Eastern. You can watch that fight on ESPN+. Plus. Jake Paul, an interesting character. Tommy Fury, too. I mean, really, both of these guys known much more for their antics outside of the ring than their actual fighting. ESPN plus pay-per-view 2 p.m. Eastern is when the card starts on Sunday. Not a Saturday fight, Sunday. So I'm a bizarre. big boxing fan. 2 p.m. Been a boxing... Sunday. It's bizarre. Well, no, it's, it's, it's how he does things. He's a smart promoter. Why would you go on a Saturday night? You're likely going to be up against the UFC in some capacity. You could be up against another fight. Jake Paul knows that there's no football going on right now. I know the XFL is trying to make some noise, but he knows that he can slide in here and he can draw an audience. He's smart. I mean, if nothing else, he and his brother are master marketers. And I've been a fight fan pretty much my entire life. I think the first first fight I ever saw was right around when I was seven years old. And I've been a fan ever since. This is the first time I have been fired up about a Jake Paul fight. Everything prior to this, okay, I understood. Social media guy taking on former basketball player. Social media guy taking on former UFC fighter. Former UFC fighter. Former UFC fighter. Okay, it's intriguing. I get it. I get he's out there making noise. I get he's out there putting on a show and he's making money for it. Kudos. Now he's taking on a real fighter. Now Tommy Fury is not a great fighter by any stretch of the imagination, but he is a pro fighter. He's 8-0 with four knockouts. He hasn't really fought anybody but neither has Jake Paul when it comes to actual boxers. So I'm intrigued. I am watching this fight on Sunday because I want to see how Paul shakes up against an actual fighter. And he is the favorite according to Vegas odds. Minus 170 to Tommy Fury, who's the half-brother of Tyson Fury, heavyweight champion of the world, uh, who comes back at plus 143. I have tried to talk to everyone who knows boxing at ESPN about this. I've talked to Joe Tessitore. I've talked to Max Kellerman. I read everything I could from Tim Bradley this week. And all of them are, are, are basically insinuating the same thing. They have no idea how to pick this fight. No idea. And that, to me, is compelling. Do you find any of this compelling? But let me start with this. Do you find boxing compelling in general? Okay, so I very much used to be a big boxing fan okay. at one point in my life. So it was a sport that I very, very much used to enjoy. I don't follow it very closely anymore. I did watch Jake Paul... Nate Robinson. I've watched some Jake Paul. So you've watched him, okay? I've watched some Jake Paul, sort of begrudgingly, because it 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 doesn't the Paul the allure of the Paul brothers is missed on me. I don't get it. But also, I'm 40 years old. Like I don't I don't understand kids these days. The allure of like the YouTube star generally. I don't know who these people are. I don't know who these influencers are. It's the oldest I've ever felt, and I'm not somebody who ever feels very old. I just don't get 
the draw to these Paul brothers. But I also understand that they are wildly famous and popular and they're capitalizing on that. And I also understand Jake Paul ain't a half bad fighter. Now he's not fought nobody. I think you just said there that Tommy Fury's fought nobody. Jake Paul's really fought nobody. But when he's fought nobody, he's looked pretty good doing it. And I do know that he tries to actually treat it as a craft. He gives us the impression that he really wants to be a legitimately good fighter and that this isn't just for the sake of publicity. It's always hard with the Paul brothers to believe anything is for anything other than the sake of publicity and money. But he is at least working on his craft. I mean, he started his career fighting a social media influencer. Then he did knock out Nate Robinson, by the way, a former NBA player, not a boxer. Then he fought an out of shape Ben Askren, right? And uh, the in Tyron Woodley, a split decision there for him. So he really has really chosen his fights to be successful. This is an actual fighter. I still have a hard time feeling like this is like, you know, him on his way to really proving to us that he's, you know, going to end up one of the best boxers one day or something. But it's something. At least he's fighting a professional. I mean, to answer your earlier question, what makes them so popular? They're, they're interesting. That's it. They're interesting and they're they, entertaining. What are they interesting about? Well, How let me, are they did, interesting? Did you ever watch Real World or Road Rules? <laughs> yes. So, I like, did. that's what this it's is like for that. the newer generation. Yeah. That's what it is. And it, that, it's, they it's, they have personalities. Yeah. It's just you, you, you watch what they're up to. It's, you know, it's the, it's the real world, right? It wasn't the real world at all. How much of that became scripted towards the end? And now there's the challenge and everything else. And there's the Kardashians and there's everybody else who's doing reality TV. These guys are the same thing. They're saying yeah. that there are millions of people trying to do this, but they just happen to be entertaining. That's what people want. That's what younger people want. They want to be entertained. Everybody wants to be entertained. Younger people just happen to be on the platforms that they're on where they're entertaining people. Yeah, Logan were- Paul is a hell of a wrestler. He's been appearing in WWE. He's got a little thing with Seth Rollins going on right now. The dude puts in the work. He doesn't just show up and run his mouth. Like He knows what he's doing. It's impressive to see. And Jake Paul's got a hell of a right hand. So when it comes to this fight on Sunday, and I'm curious if anyone else out there has been swayed by this. Let's open up the phones. Triple eight say ESPN. Triple eight seven two nine three seven seven six. Do you watch Jake Paul? Are you going to watch this fight? Have you watched him? Do you care? Does it get you excited about boxing? Because that's where I'm truly fascinated. Like how many people are gravitating to the sport because of Jake Paul? A lot of people claim this is awful for boxing. Other people think it's fantastic for boxing. I think it's good for boxing. I mean, boxing is a sport with a lot of problems. Boxing doesn't have a unifying overseeing body. Boxing has far too many promoters. Boxing has a lot of issues because of that and not nearly enough checks and balances. Boxing also is a sport that needs its superstars in order to gain garner that sort of that sort of popularity. It just does. And it's 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 harmed the sport that the best fighters aren't necessarily the heavyweights, right, in today's generation. Like, you get the Floyd Mayweather, but he's not a heavyweight. And so, yes, he is a superstar in that sport, but that took something away from it when you compare him to the most famous fighters of yesteryear. And so, with Jake Paul, I just think anybody who brings more eyeballs to the sport, it's not like Jake Paul is somehow legitimizing boxing. Uh, He's not doing that. He's just bringing maybe a new audience to the sport and maybe new eyeballs. And I never understand 
and how that's a bad thing for any sport. Like, I feel like that's just people like that's what people do when like a band, you know, like they're like indie and then they go mainstream and they have like a song that blows up and all of a sudden all their original fans are like, oh, this band sold out. It's like, how is it yeah. bad that this band got popular? Like, how, Isn't that the how whole is point? it a bad thing? Isn't that the whole point that like, yes, that is the entire point. Bring this music to more people. More people love it. More people buy it. Everyone's happy and people are making more money. But people trash on that when people go mainstream. This feels like boxing going mainstream. I don't think that's a bad thing for boxing. Well, this is a guy that knows how to put on a fight. He knows how to put on a promotion. He knows how to get people interested in the product. You know, that's half the battle with this sport. You've got to promote the fight. There are so many fights that fight fans are waiting to see happen that don't happen. Mayweather-Pacquiao happened five years too late. Everybody wanted it. The sport couldn't deliver it. Everybody now wants to see Terrence Crawford and Errol Spence fight. The sport cannot deliver it. We're waiting on Tyson Fury and Alexander Usyk. It seems like that one can't get done, although we're close. We want to see Bevel take on Better Biev. But, oh, the sanctioning bodies say Better Biev has to have another fight first before he can fight Dimitri Bevel. At every turn, there's a reason why the consumer can't get what they want. We know what we get in the NFL. Every We get our games. We get our Super Bowl. We get our playoffs. Boxing just can't deliver. And this is a guy who's shown up. He's disrupted a sport that was ripe for disruption. He puts on fights, and those fights are entertaining. I mean, I don't care if he's not an A-plus fighter. A lot of A-plus fighters put on slow, boring fights. It happens all the time. This is a guy that's got an opportunity. Speaking of which, might as well slide Pizza Money number three in here right now. It's going to be this fight on Sunday. 2 p.m. I'm betting it goes the distance. It's minus 125. It's an eight-round fight in the cruiserweight division. Novice fighters that are stepping up in class. One thing that we know novice fighters do, they clinch and they hold. They're not trained to fight on the inside like Marco Antonio Barrera and Eric Morales. They grab each other when they get close, which can really slow down a fight. Tommy Fury doesn't have a lot of power, so I don't necessarily see him delivering a knockout. Jake Paul has a big right hand, but if you're Fury and you have some boxing boxing experience, you're going to move laterally to keep him off balance so that he can't set and load with all that power, and I see this thing going the distance. So that's pizza money number three, ladies and gentlemen. Sunday, Jake Paul and Tommy Fury go the full eight-round distance, minus 125. Will Jake Paul get you to boxing? Triple eight, say ESPN, 888-729-3776. Jake Paul will be in the zone. On Sunday, get in the zone is brought to you by AutoZone. Get in the zone, AutoZone. Coming up, we're going to get to your phone calls. The phone lines are open. Let us know. Is Jake Paul doing it for you? Triple Eight, say ESPN. Also, give us a call with any hot takes. We can talk about anything around the world of sports or beyond. You want Joe Fortenbaugh's dating advice? Triple Eight, seven two nine three seven seven six. The phone lines are open. ESPN Radio is on the ESPN app. Joe and Amber, the podcast. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is normally the time of the show where we open it up to you. Whatever you want to throw at us, your hottest take, give us a call. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. The callers are being quiet tonight, Joe. And originally, we were talking about the Jake Paul fight that's coming up. And originally against Tommy Fury. And we were talking about, does Jake Paul bring people to boxing? And you and I are both arguing that Jake Paul's good for the sport because, listen, it's more eyeballs, even though I don't really get the allure of the Paul brothers. They're wildly popular, all of that. And then we asked for phone calls on it. We ain't got none. So I guess he's not rating the same way that maybe Fair I point. expected him to, right? At least not amongst our listenership. I'm interested to see what happens after Sunday. How many people have either never heard of him and know of him now, not because they follow him on social, but they know he's a fighter, a professional fighter, or if this just doesn't land with a lot of people. I think the ratings will be half decent, to be completely honest with you. I think he continues to generate more and more interest. I mean, it's a smart move partnering up with ESPN, not saying it because we work here. It's a big platform, and he's going to be on ESPN Plus Pay-Per-View Tuesday Sunday at 2 p.m. Eastern, fighting from Saudi Arabia. Like, the Saudis deal out big-time money for these fights. They're not putting this on for peanuts. Like, this is a massive operation, big-time financial undertaking. So I would imagine it's going to draw pretty well. He went through the entire ringer yesterday at the company. He was on with Kellerman. He was on everywhere uh, doing the rounds. He's predicting a fourth-round knockout, so we'll see if he can deliver. This is the time of the show that we normally play caller roulette. We're having some technical difficulties in Bristol, Connecticut at HQ, so I'm not going to go ahead and waste our time with all the imaging here. Triple eight, say ESPN, eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. We're just going to kick this old school Joe and just go to phone calls. You know, let's see how this goes. Alex, Alex is in Columbus. Alex, thanks for the call. What do you have for us on Jake Paul? Hey guys, yeah, I was just going to say. Uh, I, you know, maybe I'm not qualified to say whether it's good or not for the sport. You know, like you said, eyeballs are theoretically a good thing. But, you know, if I sit down to watch boxing, I want to watch boxers. And Jake Paul's not that. He's an amateur at best. And, um, you know, I, I just don't want to watch that. And, you know, even if he was a professionally trained boxer who was, you know, a notable name in the sport, personally, I don't even like him as a personality because, I mean, I'll be honest, I spend time on the internet and I think him and his brothers or or brother are uh, pretty not great people. So um, personally, I I don't like him and I would honestly wish he'd go away. But, you know, for the boxing world, maybe, maybe it's good. Maybe, you know, all eyeballs are good eyeballs. You know, I guess that's just my take on it. Yeah, no, thanks for the call, Alex. I mean, I I tend to agree with you when it comes to the uh, allure of the Paul brothers. Like I, they feel, it feels like to me, they traffic a little bit and being like, not such great people. Uh, But that is for whatever reason, what appeals to, uh, you know, the masses and what appeals to younger people, I guess. I don't know. I mean, I, they got in on the ground floor of kind of like the YouTube thing. I feel like they were really like, that's part of why they are as famous and successful as they are is because they really started capitalize on that YouTube 
YouTube viewership really early on and found themselves in a really good position because of that to monetize it. Uh, I, you know, maybe though the fact that like a lot of us out here don't find them particularly likable, Joe, makes them even better for wrestling and for fighting. Because I kind of think in a way, like that is part of the draw is frankly, watch them fight. Are they going to get hit? Are they going to get knocked out? It, it, from the wrestling perspective for Logan and Sign of the State, like what are the storylines going to be? You know, it, it, those are arenas that they've gone into that I feel like are appropriate considering the reputations. Absolutely. I mean, the one of the smartest moves Floyd Mayweather ever made was switching from Pretty Boy Floyd to Money Mayweather. It happened at the De La Hoya fight when he decided to come out. I believe it was Cinco de Mayo. He's fighting Oscar De La Hoya in the biggest fight of his career. And he comes out wearing a sombrero and a poncho and the Mexican flag on his shorts. It was the perfect move because he came out and he was able to just make irate all of the Mexican boxing fans out there that were looking to support De La Hoya, who has been a baby face throughout the course of his entire career. You need villains. You can't just have good guys. You can't just have villains. You need good guys. He was an elite bad guy. People tuned in to Mayweather fights because they wanted to see him get knocked out. They bet against him because they wanted to win money off of him getting knocked out. And the thing is, he never did. He was that good. It's why they were willing to believe Conor McGregor in what was the greatest bet made by anyone with half a brain here in Las Vegas. We all still talk about it to this day, how that fight against McGregor was genius because we all got a great price on Mayweather. We unloaded because the public bought into the fact that maybe McGregor could knock him out. Maybe McGregor could stop him. How? How is a guy who doesn't box going to beat the greatest boxer of all time? I just don't understand. The best defensive fighter of all time. Easiest money of my life. The defensive fighter of all time. It was completely absurd. Floyd Mayweather, a villain for numerous reasons. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Triple eight, say ESPN. That's the number. That's where Parker from Arizona is. Parker, thanks for the call. What do you have on Jake Paul? Um, yeah, so I, I think Jake Paul might just be the greatest of all time. I mean, I think he's the <laughs> second coming of Muhammad Ali, in my opinion. He's undefeated. I think he's going to destroy Tommy Fury. I'm not sure about those Furies over there, but I think Jake Paul might be the best we've seen yet. I mean, those Furies, uh, lumping them together seems like a dangerous game when you're calling uh, one of the Paul brothers the greatest of all time. Because, you know, if he fought the other Fury, I think we'd have a very different take on this fight. Let's be honest about that. That, that fight would end very quickly. Woo, that fight would, would only go as long as Tyson decides That would be a fight on. I'd watch. That would be fun. Jake's got no defense. Jake can't really throw combinations either. He can throw two-punch combinations, but it's generally because he can't find his range. So he just throws another punch in there because that's what feels a I mean, he's done a lot of work. He's put the work in, and he has improved. He, he's, he's legitimate, but that does not mean he's the greatest of all time. No, I love the Friday close. Night he's Troll not that job. Great of a fighter. He's not even that good of a fighter. It's just that he is actually, he does actually appear when he's fighting to be a fighter. Like, that in and of itself is a win for a guy who ain't yeah. a fighter at all. That shows you how much work he's put in. I'm not suggesting he's actually great at fighting. I know he thinks he's going to be the greatest of all time one day. Uh, that's, you know, that's how that's how you want it in that sport, though. That, you want that. You want that just overinflated ego and self-belief. And certainly, Jake Paul has that. Triple H, say ESPN. Adam is from Tennessee. Adam, what do you have for us? Hey, so honestly, I don't, I'm not a big boxing fan or uh, mixed martial arts or cage fighting, whatever. 
but I know about Jake Paul. So I think he is good for the sport because I know him and I'm not a fan. My 13-year-old's like, Dad, we got to go 45 minutes out of the way to go buy this energy drink that or whatever, the Gatorade mm-hmm. substitute that Jake Paul drinks and thinks is cool. So now I have to get in the car and waste gas money and time on a Saturday to go buy this crap, which just doesn't taste very good, but I know who he <laughs> is because of this. Right, so uh, I think he is good for the sport because I don't care for it, and I know who he is. Yeah, I mean, I even know about that energy drink as well. He made something like ten million or more off of that energy drink. A uh, very quick investment for Jake Paul because he is that popular with kids, and I don't get it. I don't get why his thirteen-year-old son likes Jake Paul. I do not understand it, but it is undeniable. I know who Jake Paul is, even if I wish I didn't. It just is what it is. He's good for the sport. Triple Eight, say ESPN. Tyler is from Tampa. Tyler, thanks for the call. What do you have on Jake Paul? Hey, I, I just wanted to say that I think Jake's really a double-edged sword for boxing and the fact that there's a large market of, like the last caller was saying, of like 12 to 20-year-olds that are really into his stuff. But in that same sense, there's boxer boxing fans that really think he's bad for the sport in the new age of everything flashy and, and, and like the long extended walkouts and such. Like They really want to come back to the roots of boxing. So I think that's the double-edged sword he, he carries that he can – bring a lot of new people to boxing, but he may be pushing out some of the old. Yeah, like he's not, obviously, if you're a fighting purist, Joe, you're not going to like anything about Jake Paul because you're not going to like Jake Paul's game. That's the reality of it. That's like not liking this new pitch clock. Like, I totally understand it. Old school baseball heads don't want to see this thing. Baseball, by nature, is a slow casual sport. Trying to speed it up to save three minutes. Yeah, but but let me ask you something. If they (laughs) save four minutes, you're not going to start watching it all of a sudden. And you know, I mean, it. Th- listen, we're going, we're heading the right direction. If you, if you want to get Andrew right. Wilson on board with baseball as a fan, because the only time I watch baseball is for work. Like, if you want to get Andrew Wilson on base on board with baseball as a fan, you're gonna have to speed that. All right. Up so, what me. what gets you on board for a fan? What gets you watching? You know, four out of five nights a week. Oh, four. Oh, goodness. Oh, first of all, that's part of the problem. It doesn't need to be on five nights a week. Okay, like, so you already, want less I need, games. I need way less games. I need way less games. Way, way less, less games. games. Okay, good. So now the company's going to make less money. Way less game. Faster but, games, which is although, goes completely against how they're played. will you make less money because how many more fans come to the sport? Because I could argue that one day baseball may not exist because it's not rating with the young people. It's just not designed for what people now want. Like the idea of we have to speed it up and we have to do less. That's not baseball. At its essence, that's not what it is. You have to redesign the sport. We that's don't have not to just stay where we are knowing it's not going to work. Like we all recognize this ain't going to work the way that the times are headed. So let's go ahead and update ourselves with the times. Because by the way, the people that who are going to be playing that sport are also going to be from the next generation that wants the bat flips and wants things done faster and wants bigger personalities in that sport. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. 